Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Riordanverse read-along podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today we continue our timeline journey as we move on with Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief to chapter 9, I am offered a quest, and chapter 10, I ruin a perfectly good bus and it was it was a nice bus i'm joking i don't know what buses are like in the u.s actually no i do i've been on one of them they they're all right i'm i'm a a bus person so you know i i have my particulars about buses random rant about bus there but all right okay so as always i have my points to focus on for this episode so today we've got the exploration of mythology isolation the power of friendship and just generally what i thought of it but to begin here's the synopsis one is the loneliest number that you'll ever oh wait an oracle incoming okay i take it back i'll i'll be a one one is fine the original trio begins their origin story before they're attacked by old ladies and then nearly die in an explosion. But don't worry, there's a forest nearby. You know, nothing could go wrong there. And yeah, that's pretty much the synopsis of these two chapters. If you didn't think that was dramatic already, I'll just t- wait until we actually get into the, the the stories themselves because not to get... What's the phrase that he used? Metaphysical? Is that it? But Jesus Christ. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, I will be focusing on mythology. Finally, you know, these books are about mythology and I haven't spoken about mythology in ages. So it was about time I finally got to it. Isolation and friendship. You know, you wouldn't think those two would go together. But trust me, in these two chapters, they really do go well together. And it's it's kind of in a sad way, so um, you know, look forward to feeling sad and unhappy. But that's basically the Percy Jackson motto. So um, yeah, let's let's get to it and begin with chapter nine because nine becomes before ten. <laughs> that joke I've used before, but I I like using it, so I'm I'm going to keep doing it. And just in general, um. I messed up because I started out the wording. But it still works, so it's all all right. Let's get on to the summary of chapter 9. I am offered a quest. No one likes Percy. Again. Someone's out to get him. Again. Oh, and Gabe sucks. Repeat of his nightmare at Montauk. 
but different. I also still don't know if I'm pronouncing Montauk right. Mr. D wants this trouble over with, maiming included. A quest is offered instead. Probably should have chosen to be a dolphin. The lightning bolt was stolen, and they think it was Percy. Shock. <laughs> Mythology history. Poseidon has tried to take power before. The mummy delivers a horrible quest. Hades seeks to benefit. To Hades and the underworld we go. Poseidon is using Percy, and Percy now knows it. Dad of the year there, Poseidon. The original trio begins. Percy, Grover, and Anna Beth. And that is basically the summary of Chapter 9, I Am Offered a Quest, where we get the huge influx of isolation and mythology. And yeah, I'm going to start with the mythology side because, you know, we need something a little bit less hard going in comparison to the isolation because... I want you guys to feel a little bit more feel good today because, you know, last week's episode talking about parentage, mental health, that was hard hitting. And, you know, I'm pretty good at that stuff. Like, I I'm well hard. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know where I was going with that joke, but that did not fall well. But it's happened now, so I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it and move on so we can forget that I did it. But yes, the mythology side in this chapter, and the chapter following as well, but mainly chapter 9, there's a lot of stuff in there. Like, it feels expositionally and, like, info-dumpy, but unlike with the previous chapter, which was, like, two episodes ago, and I can't remember which chapters, because, what, uh, yeah, five and six. Five and six were exposition-dumpy. In this case, it actually works kind of well, because we're getting the information, but in a way... That not only makes sense as to why we're getting that information, but at a level that it's not too, like, ham-fisted into there. But the mythology stories that we do get is, um, like, going back to our Greek Gods episode, which was the very first episode, other than, you know, the intro of this show. So if you haven't listened to it, probably should, you know, go listen to it. Um, so we get the story of, you know, Hades, Poseidon and Zeus and their dividing of power. Zeus getting the sky, Poseidon getting the sea, and Hades getting the worst of the lot by getting the underworld. And the fact that he's always kind of resented, in a sense, the share that he got of the three parts of the world. Which I always question, admittedly now, I'm just thinking about it, the three shares of the world with the Titans, and that does actually come up, we have a discussion of the Titans. Um, is it this chapter or next chapter? No, I can't remember. Maybe next chapter. But anyway, there's a discussion of the Titans that's come up. But like in the Greek God story as well, because we get the story of the Titans, they have the four corners of the world. So why was it suddenly three powers when it came to the gods? Is that a plot hole? Or is it just the proof that mythology just you know, not particularly consistent? Probably more that than anything because as all that sort of stuff is just generally not consistent. I'm not consistent, so how can we expect stories to say that way? But moving on, yes. Yeah, so we also get the story of Poseidon and others like Hera and uh, Hephaestus and so others trying to dethrone Zeus in a way because he was kind of shirking his responsibilities. He was being a 
bad leader and king of the gods so they like locked him up in a net tried to kind of make him to be a better leader also tried to figure out to make sure that democracy could be a thing which you know that definitely would have been better but apparently they gave up on trying to do democracy i don't know gods don't seem to have a really good idea as to what they should be doing but you know who am i to question a god because i really don't want to die but yes so (laughs) that was one of the stories that comes up with which is one of the reasons that is brought up as to why zeus is assuming that poseidon is now trying to dethrone him once again because of the past and is using his son percy to do so and to help him we also then get uh, a sort of story of zeus's lightning bolts and where they originally came from which also then goes back to the greek god story of the cyclops is creating the original weapon so zeus's lightning bolts poseidon's trident and also hades helm of darkness um, those aren't mentioned in the story but obviously that's what we know from the greek gods and the cyclops has made all of those and zeus's fear is if poseidon did take it and the fact that the cyclops is workshop is under the water in poseidon's realm that they could make copies of the weapon which can then be used against zeus we then also get a bit more of uh, mr d's sort of origin not very overtly but it's one that i recognized when he brought up the dolphin thing um in in his story in the greek gods book it's mentioned that he turns um i think they're pirates i can't remember who they are we meet them in future i think it's in the heroes of olympus series and they're basically people who kind of ticked mr d off and really kind of screwed up so he turned them into dolphins um so his threat of turning person to a dolphin you know holds up it's it's his thing um and then we've got the oracle and oh my god the oracle the description for the oracle is probably the most horrifying things thus far in in the book itself and like I mentioned last week, the the illustrated guide, if you guys don't have it, or even the graphic novels, I haven't seen the version of the graphic novels because I don't have them myself, although I am planning to get the one for The Last Olympian because just the front cover art for that is just gorgeous. But in the illustrated guide, the visual for the Oracle is horrifying. So just I think you could look up online. I'll probably share it on um, our Instagram page so you can have a look to see what it looks like. But... The visuals are insane but then we get a little bit of not kind of the history but we see all the past stuff of what other heroes have done usually based on uh, an, uh, a prophecy given by the oracle or an oracle because obviously no i won't say that yet <laughs> but um the giving out of quests and information is very tied into the past as well although in the case of these books it's a little bit more dramatized in comparison um which you know makes sense this is an adventure children's book it's got to be dramatized because who doesn't love teenage angst i don't yeah no everyone literally everyone loves teenage angst that's why there's an entire genre dedicated to teen angst and i am not going to shy away from the fact that i adore it like fan fiction is always angst it kills me but I, <laughs> I i can't get enough um small segue but you know just getting that out there also small hints are given of past battles between zeus and poseidon and hades as well so all of this information that we're getting in this is like seeped in through out the chapter 
and is done in really subtle ways like the lightning bolts aspect the mr d and dolphins um the fact that poseidon tried to dethrone zeus i think that was information actually given by percy remembering something from his lessons at yancey with um chiron i just think it's it this was a much better usage of feeding information than what we've seen in some past chapters where it's just kind of given to us and ham-fisted this was this was just much better and the mythology that we do learn is actually really interesting and is useful to this element of the plot like the whole zeus being paranoid of people wanting to dethrone him because of what's happened in the past and that's why he's assuming poseidon is behind it although considering that it was hera who was it yeah it was hera who headed up you know the attempt to dethrone zeus you think he'd be a bit more suspicious of his wife but i guess since she oh no she does i don't know that's a small plot thing there please i don't know but anyway Poseidon was part of it so it kind of makes sense and it ties percy into the story which is really useful here and it just it kind of helps build into the story as to why percy is the one who has to do this because of his connection to poseidon and because of poseidon's past history with zeus in terms of power and the fact that they're both very prideful so poseidon wants an apology by the summer solstice and zeus wants his lightning bolt by then too (laughs) so you know percy's kind of a bit screwed but that's his life at the moment so i think he's getting a little bit used to it now but going on to that sad point of him kind of getting used to being screwed over let's move on to the sadder elements of this chapter particularly the starting part of of chapter nine itself and that is the isolation element now what's really sad is since percy has been you know claimed as a son of poseidon a child that shouldn't exist he has become isolated um he spends his days alone he spends his nights alone and his meals alone because now he's in cabin three the only person in cabin three so he has to be on his own timetable he's got to arrange his own lessons he he's basically by himself because of who he is and it's kind of a really sad thing to think that he had begun to fit in somewhere finally for the first time in a long time like we saw at Yancey, him and Grover were outcasts. He didn't have any other friends really, except for a few who used him because he, you know, he had a sweet smuggling ring. But Camp Half-Blood was finding a place where he fit in and now, once again, he's on his own. And it kind of sounds like even Grover hasn't been around that much. And I don't know if it's because he's not been allowed to because his fate is still being decided as to his searcher's license and him being like what's the term um a protector um is also being decided because of everything that's happened with percy but he's he's got everything in a sense like he's got this whole room to himself he's got the ability to decide what he wants to do when he wants to do it so it's like that whole thing is like he's got everything but at the same time he's got nothing then he like he has people in his life he's got luke being the only one who will actually kind of spend time with him mainly in terms of training because no one else will train with person no one will spar with him anymore 
So Luke really pushes him and basically says, he's got no chance of survival unless he works hard. So he pushes him hard. Uh, Annabeth interacts him by trying to teach him ancient Greek, but she's distracted and frustrated by him, mainly due to kind of like her own her own destiny questions which are in flux here so her frustration is it's frustrating to us that she's frustrated at him but the fact that she is questioning everything at the same time because she was told her destiny was tied to someone and it's possible that Percy may be that person but there's still no real knowledge as to whether or not that's true so she's frustrated by not really having the answers due to the fact that she is a child of Athena and Percy is frustrated because he doesn't understand her frustration being Percy. (laughs) We also have the fact that he's also even hoping that like Clarice will pick a fight with him because he's just so lonely that he'd give anything for someone to react, for someone to do something. Like he'd have a fight with someone just so they would interact with him. And also, this is actually the first time he's been truly alone after his mother's death. Like, up until this point, he's been in Cabin 11, which is overrun with people. He's been spending time with people from Cabin 11. He's been training with them. He's been having dinner with them. And so he had no time to really do that, that the grieving part that needs to be done, but at the same time, not be done in complete and utter isolation, which is now happening. He's suddenly being hit with everything that has gone on in his life. And he's having to deal with that alone because there's no one there to listen, no one there to care, really. And as Austin Ames says in a Cinderella story, I can be surrounded by a sea of people and still feel all alone. And he kind of is. He's surrounded by so many people. But he's alone in the physical sense because not only are they not interacting with him, in the case of a few like Annabeth, a little is interacting with him because he's tied to her destiny. And Luke is interacting with him just because he's going to help him survive. Not because in, as far as we know, because he wants to, but because he feels like it's his duty, maybe. We don't really know. So that line kind of works because he is. He's surrounded by people but completely and utterly alone. And everything is just piling up and he's overrun by these feelings. and He's got no way to combat it because, as we all often forget, he's 12. This 12-year-old boy is dealing with PTSD, grief, anxiety probably depression as well due to all of these combinations of things he's also got learning disabilities which are going to lead to further complications i know that my dyspraxia and dyslexia and dyscalculia often all kind of go against each other which leads to me being utterly confused in long periods like my dyspraxia also means that i can't comprehend uh, tied in with the dyslexia and it means i can't comprehend certain things It's not necessarily tied to emotions, but the way in which people talk, for example, I can misinterpret what they're saying and take it in a specific way. So someone could say something that isn't meant to be an insult, but I've interpreted it in a way that sounds insulting because I don't understand either the tone they're using, 
the phrasing they're using or anything like that so I'm being insulted by something that was not intended to be insulted insulting or I could write a message like I I made a joke a little while ago and instantly I think it was like within 15 minutes I read what I'd said and I was like oh god does was that actually offensive like was I being unintentionally offensive so I messaged so this was like in a group chat so I messaged this friend separately saying I'm really sorry if that that joke towards you came off across as offensive like I didn't mean it to it was meant in this way this is my intention and they responded saying no no I totally got what you meant I knew that was a joke and I thought it was funny it's fine you don't need to worry it's all good but even when I knew what I was meaning suddenly the interpretation of that message changed within an instant and having all these feelings and having all these things running in his mind and having all these reactions from other people and all these things just going on around him and then the oracle as well getting the fact that he's and I'll read out the the prophecy that we get actually because for someone with dyslexia this is going to be even more confusing for him you shall go west and face the god who has turned she'll find what was stolen and see it safely returned you shall be betrayed by one who calls you a friend and you shall and you shall fail to save what matters most in the end now those two lines are the ones that are kind of concerning and scaring percy more than anything near the end of this chapter to the point that he's isolated himself by not telling Chiron and Grover about those lines because he's scared about what they mean. And while Chiron knows that he's definitely hiding something from him, he's not really doing anything to kind of get him to say, which I think he really should have at this point because this is a kid who is now completely abandoned and doesn't understand what's going on and is not going to understand these things and he's dyslexic <laughs> so interpretations are going to be even more complicated considering Chiron also says they don't always mean the words don't always mean what you think they mean which means it's going to be doubly difficult for someone who is dyslexic who's going to think it means something else but then also think it means that but it doesn't actually mean that because it means this because it means that but those all th- things mean something different when tied together and it's just one discombobulated mess which is going to lead to Percy being more isolated by keeping this a secret and it's just so much isolation for a young kid to go through like we are social creatures like I am an extroverted introvert I enjoy being around people but for short periods of time I can act like I'm really extroverted but it's just to kind of keep me calm based on like my anxiety side of things and I don't know where I was going with that actually (laughs) but this isolation that Percy's going through both physically by people like sort of ignoring him but then also mentally as well in terms of keeping these fears of what could be in terms of friends and losing something to himself is isolating himself in another way that's probably going to be more damaging and so I'm intrigued to see how this image of isolation is going to carry on in in future 
but I'm going to move on from that now because I got really deep into that. Let's get on to chapter 10 instead. I ruin a perfectly good bus. And like I said, yeah, well, are there, are there, I can't remember the name of the bus. It's like a grey, is it a greyhound? Is it a greyhound bus? I don't remember now. But are buses in New York all right? Like, are they good buses or? I don't think I'll ever be traveling to New York, but I guess that'd be good to know. I mean, like I travel to the US every so often for like work and stuff. But yeah, just let me know if the buses in the US are are interesting or if they're they're good or anything like that because the ones in the UK aren't too bad but that's a random a bit of information about buses and I will get on to instead the summary of chapter 10. (laughs) Annabeth is me on a holiday. Books and lethal weapons. I'm I'm the lethal weapon by the way because I am a danger to myself on many different levels. If people haven't seen my Instagram stories, you will not understand. But yeah, I I am. Uh, Luke gifts Percy a gift before they... I said gift too many times. Before they leave. Flying shoes. Lessons not included. Shout out to Homer and the Iliad for giving us the mist. Ooh, more history. Titans. And you know, not teen titans. Not, not, not those guys. But that would be pretty cool, actually. Oh, for God's sake, Chiron, work on your pet talks for the love of gods. The Medusa reference, I am raging. Great, Percy is now the reason Sally was with this abusive partner. Parental resentment of Poseidon. Fair. The return of Mrs. Dodds. Oh, damn. And friends. Annabeth, the genius... Grover, the reactive, and Percy, the bad driver. Both Zeus and Hades are going to kill him. Interesting. Lightning blows up the bus, but thankfully, the trio escape into the not frightening at all woods. If you go down to the woods today, you're sure to get a bit... What's the word? What are the words? It's the teddy bear's picnic song. Oh my god. If you're to go down to the woods today, you're sure to get a big surprise. Because I'm going to have to Google it now because I'm going to be really annoyed that I can't remember it. Teddy bear picnic song. <laughs> lyrics. No, give me the lyrics. I don't want to watch the video. Yes, I was right. The first time and second time. <laughs> if you go down to the woods today, you're sure of a big surprise. If you go down to the woods today, you'd better go in disguise. Yeah, but they really should listen to that. I really want to sing the whole song. I can't sing, but I really want to. <laughs> Why am I singing the teddy bear song? <laughs> oh my god. Actually, this has a lot more lines than I thought it did. For every bear that ever there was will gather there for certain... Wait, what's the rhythm here? Does it not stay the same? Oh, I'm really disappointed now. Because today... Oh, yeah, no. We'll gather there for certain because today's the day the teddy bears have their picnic. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we've got some mythology. <laughs> I don't know why I started singing that song, but I am, I am really pleased with myself. That Firstly, I remembered those first two lines and the fact that I actually carried on singing. <laughs> Oh, 
oh god okay try and get a grip right so the iron a perfectly good burst so we get actually get some more mythology here the Medusa reference you guys really know how I feel about this, and I talk about it a little bit in the Greek heroes story and the the Greek gods one as well. I think that's brought up there too. Um, again, I'm not going to go too much into this because I'm going to talk about it when we actually get to the chapter where this is properly referenced. But I'm still really annoyed with this interpretation of the story. Just it's not okay, but. Instead of sticking to the negatives, you know what we're going to talk about in this section for this chapter? It is indeed the power of friendship. And who doesn't love friendship? Pretty much everyone loves friendship. Friends are literally the greatest thing. My friends are literally the coolest and greatest people in the world. And I can say that because I'm not biased at all <laughs> whatsoever. Um, no. <laughs> so the friendship in this chapter is actually really interesting because this chapter is all about friendship more than anything which considering this is like the beginning of their quest story and there's lots of bickering and like infighting you wouldn't think it was about friendship but the setup for Annabeth and Percy's friendship like how they are kind of meant to be enemies due to their parents sort of tenuous relationship the fact that they get on each other's nerves but not like in a bad way but more so because they they can and it's it's banter like like the way in which they tease each other like the whole calling each other seaweed brain and wise girl came out from not like maliciousness but just to kind of get on each other's nerves which I <laughs> me and some of my closest friends are like that like we literally tease the hell out of each other just because we can um so it's it's like the building blocks of like a friendship there getting on each other's nerves calling each other names just all these sort of things and it's just it's it's banter and i like it because it's very different to like grover and percy's friendship where they have they have oh my god literally the kindest relationship in the world this they've got a healthy balance of like tit for tat in a way like they both support each other they're like they're really good friends incredibly supportive like Grover makes mistakes in cases like um actually explaining the Gabe situation in that Gabe smelling so human is the reason why Sally married him to protect Percy but then Percy also like ran off and like so they've done like not great things in the past with their friendships but they still respect each other and care about each other and look after each other and I think that's that's a really healthy loving friendship and then Annabeth and Percy's relationship is this budding one where they bounce off each other they give one another ideas but they also keep each other on their toes as well like the different ways in which they react in the in the final fight scene with like Mrs Dodds and her sisters is it really works because of the way in which the three of them work together like it's that friendship of teasing and playfulness that we all have with someone and that playfulness and teasing leads to a development of a friendship like considering this is the first bit where all three of them together are spending time together and working together their dynamics play off each other perfectly in a way that actually helps them defeat the furies like it's 
their tactfulness and the the way in which they the fact that they play off each other with dialogue and then play off each other in in fights and battles as well it's just it's oh it's so well written i think it's really really well done and just the fight with the furies as a whole it just shows the power of their team dynamic and with it only being day one just we can just imagine already what their dynamic is going to be like once they've bonded more and how well they're going to work as a fighting team in future so i'm looking forward to seeing where that goes and how as a whole the trio's friendship is going to build how percy and annabeth's relationship is going to change like are they going to continue to have this bantery relationship um how percy and grover's relationship is going to change and stuff like that and it's just yeah i'm just really looking forward to seeing how that's going to develop and that is the end so i don't really have anything else for chapter 10 friendship was like the main thing that i was getting from that and i think that's the most the kind of the most important thing considering the quest is starting that is obviously important we don't get really much of the quest other than them going to get this bus and then the bus blowing up and then being attacked by you know the furies and stuff but the friendship element i think is the most important part because that's going to be an overarching theme and element and considering the the prophecy from before about betrayed by someone who calls you friend it's going to be something we're going to be thinking about a lot i think in future about the Annabeth and Grover friendship with Percy. Um, but yeah, but those are my thoughts and analyses and all that good stuff for chapter 9 and chapter 10 of The Lightning Thief. And to summarise, Poseidon sucks so much because he's using Percy. Percy is isolating himself and really... <laughs> really needs help in in various different ways not in that you know i don't know where i was going with that but he needs support and i'm hoping that with this building friendship that we see in chapter 10 both grover and annabeth are going to be the support that he gets to help him open up and find these friends and find these people to be his strength and be someone he can open up to and no longer isolate himself from both physically and in mind and yeah that is chapter nine and chapter ten. Oh my gosh so guys we've got a lot of stuff to do today because i'm adding a few new segments um to, to the episodes because i thought why not so the first one is basically kind of going off of what came last week in the fact that I recommended a song the Will J Homesick song but in this case I'm gonna do that every week I think so I, I always listen to music when I'm reading and it always has something significant I find when it's skipping through the the playlist or the, the whole songs on on my music when one comes up and I feel like it really resonates with the chapters so the recommended song of the story for today and yes that is the name of the segment it's pretty cool i know so the recommended song of the story today is someday by nickelback and i know everyone says nickelback sucks or whatever rubbish got really cool a few years ago but nickelback is awesome so don't you dare judge me because listen to the song and you'll see why so the reason why i chose someday by nickelback was because of percy's tension in in chapter nine um, 
and kind of just the drama that ramps up in the second like it it really comes across in this rock ballad of a relationship that is struggling but also has the possibility of being fixed i think it just really connects with these two chapters as a whole so that's why i chose this song for these two chapters another segment that i i may just have for this week i don't know if i'll carry it on we shall see but it's called the kind peeps of the week and i'm mainly kind of doing this just because i had i i didn't meet them but i spoke with like a really kind person who helped me through something that i've been struggling with since like september um <laughs> which is to do with my mobile phone <laughs> so i was setting so like i mentioned i travel for work and um I was trying to get something set up so I wouldn't have to worry about like calling for help or anything like that whilst I was abroad or or getting in contact with people and like using data and stuff like that and kind of messed up with my phone provider and I got like really badly overcharged and stuff like that and this guy called and I apologize if I'm pronouncing this wrong I forgot to check the pronunciation but the shout out here for kind peeps of the week is Hassanat um, I'm not going to say the company that he's from because I feel like I could get in trouble if I do. Um, I just want to I just want to th- thank him um, just for helping me with these technical problems, being a general delight uh, over the phone, taking an interest in me firstly as well. Like he wanted to know about this podcast, he looked it up. I said he was going to listen. Um, even recommending a book that may hopefully change my life so I'm going to recommend it to you guys as well so the book is called The One Thing by Gary Keller um so I'm going to have to check that out soon because it sounds very cool it's all about kind of setting yourself realistic goals to kind of help work your way through it um so yeah again big thank you to Hassanat um hope you're having a, a great day mate and yeah if you guys like this kind peeps of the week thing maybe I'll keep doing it but I definitely had to do it this week just because this guy was a huge help and was just generally really lovely. Another thing though, <laughs> I received my first fan mail this week. Um, I'm not going to lie and say that I didn't actually... I may or may not have gotten a bit teary-eyed that someone had taken the time email me like I'd set up I'd set up the email for the best damn camp um mainly just because obviously I need an email to (laughs) to have for like the the space to put the the podcast on and stuff like that um but I kind of never actually expected people would would email me um with interest in the show and with their own thoughts and stuff like that and to actually get this first email was really incredibly touching. Um, so I'm going to read read it out, and I hope that's okay. I, I know I always say that I will read it out if asked. It wasn't mentioned whether or not I could, so hopefully it's all right. <laughs> um, but this email said and came from Madeline, or, or Mad- Madeline. Is it Madeline or Madeline? It doesn't have an E, so maybe Madeline. Uh, I apologise if I'm saying it wrong. But from Madeline, it says... Hi there, my name is Madeline and I am a big fan of your podcast. This is where I started to cry. (laughs) Percy Jackson is one of my go-to escapism books, so it's been lovely listening to you talk about them. Please continue with the analytical style you've got going on with it. 
Your input about parenting, mental health and learning disabilities are wonderfully insightful to me. Also, this is a bit that made me laugh. Please, for God's sake, stop talking down on yourself. I found you from the Legend of Portercast episodes you were a guest on and quite enjoyed your ramblings. I love listening to your podcast while studying. It makes me it, it makes me less stressed about uni. Love your Canadian fellow lesbian nerd, Madeline. <laughs> I know, I need to stop talking down. Like it's a very specific humour that I have of like self-deprecating humour. But I will try not to do it in in future. Um, and uh, yes, no, guys, go check out the Legend of Portal. If you guys love Avatar, you need to go check out Legend of Portal. I've been featured on them quite a few times on various different episodes. Um, but yeah, no, go check them out if you do love Avatar: The Last Airbender and, and like Legend of Korra and stuff. Same with uh, the Arrow Pod and Beyond Bending, and of course all the other Post Jackson ones like Floor Six Hundred, Radio Camp Half Blood. Demipod, I think there's a few others that are coming out as well. Um, go check all those out. But to Madeline or Madeline, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong. Seriously, thank you so so much for that email. It was incredibly touching to receive it, and um, yeah, thank you so so much. That's all I've got to say to that. Um, so yes, that's the fan mail side of things. So if you guys want to. Send fan, send fan mail yourselves. Of course, email is in the episode notes, and I'll, I'll tell you what it is at the end. But until then, let's move on to everyone's favourite segment of the episodes, the question of the episode. But let us begin with last week's question: Who is your godly parent, and why? Now the answers, obviously, I can't get all of them on here because. I only have so much time. But some of the answers I received are one from Lizzie Jones 2621. Poseidon, I took the test and I love water and the ocean and everything about the ocean. Love that. Me can't be doing with the ocean. It's uh it's it's too uncontrollable. But I can respect a child of Poseidon, so props to you, water. I don't know where I was going with that. Let's move on. Uh, next up we have Kimberly Miller Slytherin, which already love that name. Hades. Because like him, I'm unacceptable to my family and I have trouble understanding people. But I can get them to spill their problems to me pretty easily. But I don't know how to talk about other people's problems since I have trouble with my own. So it's just awkward silence. But if they are a friend, then it's easier to talk. I never talk about myself though. I don't want to be perceived as selfish even though my family thinks I am. Now just to, before I carry on all with the others, uh, to Kimberly if, if that is your name, um, I totally get always kind of like talking to your friends, hearing about their problems but then struggling at the same time. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry that your, your family um, think like that. I hope it improves for you at home. Um, like I said in my previous episode, um, mental health and looking after yourself and self-care and stuff like that is incredibly important. So if you feel that you aren't receiving any support that you think you need, seek it out where you can. And, um, there's always someone to talk to. So even if it's someone online or like on a discord server or like on Reddit or something like that, or even on Instagram, 
go ahead and do it because talking to someone even if it's not about yourself but just kind of talking about something that you love and enjoy like Percy Jackson for example or Harry Potter if your name is to go anything by just talk to them and maybe that can help in some way and if anything you are welcome to to message me as well to carry on with the godly parent question though from letter all three heck Hermes because I am one good good liar thief like stealing from my siblings yeah everyone does that I feel that and I love traveling nice I could also be a hunter of Artemis yes yes join me join me and my fellow sisters and occasional brothers in arrow arms is it just would it be just in arms no because that's like I don't know also I'm not really good at anything else besides lying but that's not the point <laughs> were you lying about not being really good at anything else if, you, if you're good at lying hmm questions um <laughs> then from uh nickcore04 well the tests say athena but I believe we all have more than one archetype of the gods and goddesses in us and just need to activate them. I'm also a Taurus and Venus. Uh, I think I said that right. So Aphrodite is my guiding planet. But I'm much more of an Athena girl. No, I totally get that in terms of... It's like the whole Harry Potter houses thing. Like, you could be a Gryffindor at age 11, but you're not going to continue... Like, you change over time. But, um... And also, yeah, I guess technically, all demigods have a bit of every god because all the gods are related. Let's not get into that now because that's testing the waters there. <laughs> to move on to per Percy Sass Jackson. Oh, that is a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> Hermes, to be honest, I'm a little bit of everything. I lie too much though, but yes, I'm a little bit of everything, jack of all trades, but nas but master of none. And I like that. See, that's why I kind of like Hermes, like he, he is a master of none. And then from my good friend, Eli Blacksmith guy, um, Hephaestus all the way, fire emoji. And yes, like, as the name says, Blacksmith guy, Hephaestus, should I guess. Also, go check out Eli's page, like, you can see some of their past uh, blacksmithing work and it's oh, it's awesome also eli remind me to talk to you to see if you if you're still doing that if you can make me soccer's sword <laughs> from avatar but um anyway moving on those are all of the answers that i was able to get in for today's well last week's question of the episode but to move on for today's question of the episode out of the characters from percy jackson who would you most want to be your friend and why? Now, of course, because we're only talking about Percy Jackson and the Olympians, kind of try and stick to it as much as possible within that current series. But if you do want to bring anyone up from any of the other series, you're welcome to. And I'll try not to put too many spoilers in next week's episode. Um, but yes, if you do want to answer that, you can email in, you can DM us, or you can comment on the post that I will put up the day after the episode is out. But on that note, thank you all for joining me today for chapters 9 and 10. Join me next Wednesday for the next two chapters as we continue our Lightning Thief tale. Now, to plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, where you should click the follow button, 
Apple Podcasts, where you should definitely leave a rating and a review. Audio Boom, Stitcher, where you can also leave a rating and a review. And Deezer. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and on Tumblr at thebestdamncamp.tumblr.com. If you want to email me with your own thoughts, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com. And I would love to hear your own analytical sides or anything you think about specific chapters, because I know I go really into the analytical and analysis sides of things of what I think specific chapters about are about but if you guys have your own opinions I would really love to hear them so yes email the best damn camp at hotmail.com if you have your own thoughts and I will read it out at the end of the show also be sure to check out my youtube channel a healthy dose of fran for more percy jackson content if you haven't already and you need something else to pass the time between episodes and also drop me a follow at a healthy dose of fran on instagram and a dose of fran on twitter again thank you guys for tuning in as always i've been fran your very own hunter and i'll see slash speak to you guys next time Bye.